Well, another first at Festival of Speed 2017 is drone racing. Now, drones are in the news all the time. They're growing uh, in popularity over here. And all the way from Idaho uh, in the USA is Chris Haskins, uh, or should I say a pilot named hashtag, uh, sorry, call tag, Hazak. Chris, welcome to Festival of Speed. Sunshiny. We're having a good day, aren't we? Tell me yeah. about these amazing drones and this drone racing. Yeah, it's um, it's really the future of racing. Um, we get to pilot these craft. They go, you know, 90, 100 miles an hour. They go to zero to 60 in less than, you know, one second, two seconds. So the agility of them is great. And um, it's really fun for the spectators. They can get up close. They can see the racing. And it's very inexpensive for them to become a racer. I mean, we're only talking... Eight, eight hundred uh, thousand pounds, and they're up and competing with the professionals. Wow. Now, there's, uh, there's a very distinct course laid out. Just yes. explain um, how you design that course and what it involves. Yeah, so we have um, this area here over the golf course on the Goodwood facility, and um, because it's a narrow course, we have a lot of split S's. So a split S means you hop up and over the gate, and you invert, and you come back around and dive back through the gate. Um, a couple chicanes and then a, a P-turn. So tight course, really fast. I mean, we're we're killing our batteries in about two minutes. So that's pretty pretty um, pretty much a lot of battery power for uh, such a short amount of time. Now the the battery power yes. to weight ratio is important, isn't it? You know, yeah. You're looking for lighter and lighter batteries, I guess, all the time. But how yeah. how long without the sort of racing speeds? How right. long would one of these drones normally be uh, in the air for? Sure. So if you're up and hovering and just kind of checking things out, you could go with these kind of craft. You go for about ten minutes or so. The same craft, but once you start putting the speed on, it drops to a minute and a half to two minutes in some cases. Yeah. Wow. Now we're in what looks like an amazing workshop here with yeah. uh, with lots of bits about. Yeah. Um, these look like pretty sophisticated bits of uh, kit, Chris, sure. rather than the sort of the ones which you, you see in the shops over here. These are specialist bits of kit, aren't they? They are. So they're a little different than like the aerial photography type drones where they're all already pre-configured. These are, um, you have the racing drone itself, which is uh, quite a bit smaller, um, quite a bit lighter as well. But the batteries, usually they weigh more than the aerial photography drones because of how much current we're taking out of them. And then you have your uh, transmitter, which is how we control the drone itself with the sticks. Um, very similar to like video games, so people who have done video games can pick it up quite quickly. Um, and then we have the VR headset, which is basically two screens, um, some antennas on it, and it's wirelessly transmitting the signal from the camera to our eyeballs, and we're sitting there uh, navigating like we're in the cockpit of the drone. It's first-person flying, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, FPV is the, the term you'll hear. So a lot of people haven't heard FPV. That's what that stands for, is uh, first-person view. Now, I, I remember talking to some of the uh, model car racers uh, right. some time ago, and they were saying very small movements on the, the joysticks on your controllers and very quick reaction times right. are, are phenomenal, and it's everything's exaggerated right. uh, in transmitting to the model. Is that the same with uh, these drones? It is, yeah. When you have that much power... Um, whenever you make small movements, it, it makes big movements on the drone. But all that can be customized, actually. These have, like, a computer inside of them that are, uh, has sensors and things like that. And you can change how much stick input is how quickly the craft will move. Um, so you can make it very quick for lots of rolls and flips, or you can mellow it down for racing for smooth lines. So I guess there must be like a training mode in there as well. When you first start, you want to, it, want, it needs to be forgiving so you can get used to it. And then you, you whip it up to, uh, to full speed. Exactly, yeah. So they have sensors in them like an accelerometer. And what that will allow it to do is to self-level. So if you let off the sticks, it'll, it'll come back. But when we race, we have it in what's called acro mode. So we have full control of the attitude of the copter. So if I flip it upside down up in the air and I, go, you know, I shoot up in the air and I go upside down, it's going to hold that upside down until I correct it. 
Um, and then you can make it slower rates. And then you can actually now you can hook the transmitter up to the computer and you can do it on the simulator and you can learn there. Although the craft are designed to be crashed and mangled and they're usually just a few propellers and you're back up in the air. Now, Thrust UAV, the company that you work for over in Idaho, how did you come to get involved with Festival of Speed? Yeah, so um, the Future Lab, you know, it's the first year the Future Lab's here, and they wanted to bring drone racing in, and we've done a lot of events, and we're also based out of the USA. Um, a lot of the companies are out of China, so we were able to um, um, kind of come over and kind of uh, be the ambassador for the sport and show everybody, put on kind of an exhibition. Earlier in the week, we were doing tethered flights, so if they did well in the simulators over in the Future Lab, they were able to come over here, and then one of our pro pilots and myself, we would uh, hook up a, uh, like a buddy box where I or like a driver's ed where you're learning to drive and I have control and then I can hand it over to them and I can give them, you know, coach them up and then if they get in trouble I just flip the switch I can take back control, reset them and uh, they were able to learn very quickly that way. Now, I guess drones per se have been around for, for quite a long time but sure. uh, sort of commercially available and affordable that's not been the case has it? That's only in the last few years. Yeah, so over the, maybe the last two years it's really blown up and, and the technology is you know, every month they're changing the technology on the racing drones. And so now pretty much anybody can go into a, a local hobby shop and start start racing. Where it used to be we were ordering from overseas or here and there uh, seven different packages and you're spending the weekend putting it together. Now you can buy them pretty much all kitted together. They're all configured and you just have to pilot. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a, a, a petrol head or, you know, a, a drone head. You can be just a pilot. Is it necessary for people to have a license to, to do the racing, Chris? Um, it depends on what region and which, uh, which country. So in most cases, there's laws that are already written, so you don't, there's not additional things you have to do. You just have to follow the laws. Um, don't fly within so, such amount of distance from an airport. Um, you know, call the, the proper people if you are going to be nearby. Uh, maintain a visual line of sight so you'll have a spotter so they can tell you if somebody's walking your flight line. You have a very narrow field of view, so in some cases you can't always see what your surroundings or somebody's coming up behind you or if they're walking into your path. So if you have a spotter, they communicate that to you and you can, um, you can fly legally that way. Now, a lot of petrol heads here yeah. for the uh, the bikes and the cars at yeah. Festival of Speed, but you've been doing good business with the, the interest here, haven't you? Yeah, I think it's the right kind of... Uh, you know, attitude, right? A kind of demographic. These guys all like to think, see things go fast, and that's what these do. You know, we love to see these cars go fast. We could run over and watch, and then they were running over here to watch the drones, you know, zipping around through the course. They are incredibly quick, and they're, they're like sort of angry wasps or something as they, they whiz past, aren't they? And it's, you get that feedback of uh, of the sound as well, which I know a lot of the people coming watching the cars right. like the sound of the exhaust, and, and you just get that sim similar sort of feel from the drones as they whiz by, don't you? Exactly, yeah. Every time I'll... Uh, I'll come somewhat near to the crowd and do a punch out is what we call when we kind of shoot up into the air with like pretty much full power and the sound it makes you can hear the crowd behind you just uh, they get a kick out of it that's for sure. Chris great we're, we're now out on the course we've got the, the goggles on and I'm gonna be uh, as if I'm sat on the drone now going around that's right. Right. All right let's put these amazing goggles on. You may want to sit down because you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get a little disoriented. Okay right there we go I'm gonna sit right down here fantastic we're ready to go. I can see the blue sky. Gosh, it's quite disorientating. Okay, you can hear the drone starting in the background. We've got the typhoon going uh, around in the background as, uh, as competition. Okay, um... Okay, well, as the typhoon flies overhead, we're now up and hovering. And up in the air, wow! 
gosh, this uh, virtual reality headset is quite something. The sense of speed is amazing. Like an angry wasp as the drone goes past. Oh, and upside down and barrel roll and back down again. Gosh, this is just like sitting on the drone itself. That's amazing. The agility of this thing as it's whizzing around the course is fantastic. I'm glad I'm sat down, actually, because it is quite disorientating. <laughs> One lap completed. So what sort of speeds uh, are we going at here, Chris? I'd say probably between 40 and 60. And then this would be about 90. <laughs> actually, to be looking at this virtual reality headset and flying so fast across the ground as the marvellous typhoon flies overhead, it's an assault on all the senses. It's absolutely incredible. So how long have you been flying, uh, Chris, in order to get to that level? Uh, about two and a half years. Wow, that's uh, absolutely amazing. That's battery done now, is it? It is, yeah. We really um, pushed that one to the limit, going that, up, shooting up to there. That was fantastic and good advice getting me to sit down. It's quite disorientating, isn't yeah. it? Particularly when you're, you're flipping over because you're, sure. you're, you're in the zone uh, through the goggles. Yeah, it's even worse when you're spectating somebody else because your brain doesn't anticipate what I'm going to do. I know I'm going to be flipping it over, so my brain's prepared for it. As a spectator, it's a little, little disorienting. That was fantastic. What a great introduction to uh, drone racing. Chris, many thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.